oh my God, since this debate, can you believe it? Can you believe it? It's, it's, forget it. If you go to some of these stores, they have candles of Robert Mueller, you know, the Robert Mueller candle. They're replacing those in bulk. They're replacing those in bulk for the new Jesus or Mary in this case, for the people, Kamala Harris. I mean, you want to talk manufacturing consent. This isn't manufacturing. This isn't manufacturing consent. This is demanding consent. I've never seen anything like it. Yeah, Kamala Harris, I mean, it's, it's not subtle. They are demanding consent for Kamala Harris. And, you know, it's interesting because I don't mean to be rude, but I was walking uh, the other day here in New York to get my coffee, and I saw a young guy, had to be in his 20s, at most 30, wearing a For the People Kamala Harris shirt. And of course, like I cover this for a living, so I, I know she's not for the people which we're going to get into. But when you see, it's, it's so jarring when you see pretty much, you know, nice Americans, when you see some of the people Marcus interviewed uh, in Nevada and Reno that were at Warren rallies. These are nice people. There's nothing wrong with them. But they're so misinformed. And they're literally draping shirts around their, their bodies for the people of somebody who's literally screwing you in real time. And it's, you know, I didn't want to stop him and be like, why do you like Kamala Harris? But it's just so jarring to see young people particularly get conned over and over and over by people who are more, who are basically marketing brands. If you remember in the WikiLeaks, um, in the WikiLeaks emails, it showed not only was Hillary Clinton corrupt, not only was her campaign working with President Obama's administration to get her the nomination, not only was her super PACs breaking all sorts of super PAC laws, not only was there some scandalous things going on with the Clinton Foundation, they were basically, those campaign emails were like a marketing campaign. How do we rebrand her and push and basically moonwalk as far away as possible from her record? And Kamala Harris is the same exact thing. So I want to show you this. To the future, in a crowded field, the Democratic frontrunner carves out his lane. Look, it's center left. That's where I am while his challengers try to draw contrasts. This is not 2016, this is 2020. And people are woke. She says, oh no, this isn't, this isn't 2016. People are woke. They're woke. Uh, you know, I actually beg to differ. I think too many people are not woke. Well, first of all, first of all, I'm pretty sure people got woke uh, in 2016 because that's kind of how somebody like Bernie Sanders, who the majority of the country never heard of, who was a disheveled socialist from Vermont, won 22 million, excuse me, 22 states, 13 million votes. If you ask me, if you ask me, he won more than 22 states. I think he won Iowa. I think he won Missouri. I think he won a lot more states than is on the actual record books, but we've already gone over that. So, Kamala Harris says people are not woke. Here's the problem. Kamala Harris doesn't just have her paid campaign staff, which if you're not familiar with who's working for her campaign, it is a hall of fame of ex-Hillary Clinton campaign staffers. Her, her press secretary worked for Hillary Clinton's campaign. Uh, several of her top aides worked for the DNC in 2016 when they were uh, helping Hillary Clinton and screwing Bernie Sanders. Kamala Harris met with Hillary Clinton's donors in the Hamptons in 26, 2017, six months after she became a, a senator. So this is Hillary Clinton, only younger, obviously black. And when she says people are woke, she has the same exact arrogance and cynicism that people are not actually going to peel back the curtain to see what's under the hood there. Because as Kamala Harris pretends to be for the people, as Kamala Harris pushes empty rhetoric, I don't really know what her signature policies is, are, because she doesn't have any. She has moonwalked more than Mitt Romney and Michael Jackson combined away from Medicare for All. For breakfast, she's for Medicare for All abolishing private insurance. For lunch, she's for Medicare for All, but we don't need to pro uh, abolish private insurance. For dinner, she's for a mix of both. And when she wakes up to go to the bathroom and have a midnight snack, she's for communism. I can't, who knows? Who knows what she's for? I have no idea. What I do know is I don't trust her. 
I do not trust Kamala Harris to follow through on anything, really. She's proposing. So, obviously, the media has been pushing her like nobody's business. Nobody's business after this first debate performance. So, uh, you know, I, I think while they are basically pointing out her zinger of Joe Biden, which, give her credit, that was a good moment for her in the debate, um, she's actively screwing the people. Kamala Harris. I want to show you the source of her donations, first of all, because this is important. This is from Open Secrets. So this is her campaign so far. This has not been updated to reflect the, uh, last, the latest three months. So this is just the first three months of the campaign. Large individual contributions, 58% of her donations are from large in in individual contributions. Those large individual contributions, that's Wall Street, that's financial law firms, that's lobbyists, the whole shebang. Small individual contributions, meaning less than $200, 33%. And by the way, like less than $200 is not really like, it to me, is $199 technically a small dollar donation? I don't think most of you have $200 or $199 flying around to, to donate to candidates. Some of you donate, Bernie's average donation for the last three months was $18. Uh, a lot of you have donated to Status Quo, and we thank you. As a reminder, we do have our GoFundMe going. So whether it's Super Chat, whether it's GoFundMe, either, either way, uh, every contribution amount matters. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So Kamala Harris predominantly is breaking in money from Wall Street. This now after the debate from CNN, CNBC. Kamala Harris bundlers see increased wave of donor outreach since debate performance as Joe, Bo Joe Biden's momentum takes a heat. Senator Harris' top fundraisers are seeing a wave of enthusiasm in conversations with donors who previously had no interest in backing her campaign. These influential contribu contributors are looking to meet with Harris since her performance in the last debate. An upcoming fundraiser in New York became sold out after she took on former VP Biden. So uh, these fundraisers she's doing aren't exactly with the people. They're not exactly with the worker bees and gals of America. They are with Wall Street. They are with hedge fund people. They are with lobbyists. They are with fossil fuel people, they are with big pharma people, and they are with the bourgeoisie of the Democratic Party. You with me? That's who's attending these. And don't worry, I'm trying, I'm trying to figure out when these uh, fundraisers are and where they are, because I would love to put on a nice suit, get into one of these, and cause a little journalistic havoc. Wouldn't that be fun? So I'm working on figuring out when these are, where they are, and more importantly, how I get in. What do you mean? Kamala, oh, the donors are now moving away from uh, my time is up Joe Biden to Kamala Harris. Senator Harris's For the People campaign is fielding calls from influential donors who were originally on the fence in backing her, but are now open to meeting the California lawmaker and potentially assisting her campaign. Since Harris took on Biden during last week's debate in Miami, her bundlers in the finance community have been receiving calls from dozens of potential financial supporters interested in starting a dialogue and to attend some of her upcoming events, according to people with the knowledge of the situation. For a surging contender like Harris, oh my God, surging, all you got to do is call Joe Biden the racist that he is and you're surging. Uh, for surging contender like Harris, who already assembled a strong campaign war chest, uh, the recent outreach from donors with previous little interest in helping her show she's catching the eye of financiers who could give her the resources needed to overtake and overtake Biden's narrow lead. Mark Lazary, CEO of investment firm Avenue Capital and co-owner of the NBA Milwaukee Bucks, along with Blair Efron, veteran financier, are two of Harris's backers who have been in touch with these donors, according to people with knowledge. Those familiar with the discussion say the enthusiasm for Harris over the course of the past seven days has grown substantially, and an uptick in meeting with new donors appears to be on the horizon. The two Wall Street Titans hosted a fundraiser that brought in close to $200,000 for the campaign. A lot of folks now want to meet Kamala. They liked her now, they liked her, but now they want to get to know her, a person involved with the discussion said on the condition of anonymity. 
Since the debate, there's much more interest in doing fundraisers for her. The Biden folks are getting nervous. The enthusiasm shown by potentially new Harris donors after her debate performance is reflected in an upcoming fundraising event at the Brooklyn Bowl in New York. The gathering, which ticket price started at 100 and going up to 2800 is expected to have close to 1,000 attendees and is sold out. So I don't need to read any more of this. I think you get the point. Kamala Harris, basically, when they say that these donors want to get to know her, what that means is they want to meet Kamala Harris and make sure she knows who's really running the country. They want to make, they want to make sure she knows she's going to work for them if they give her the money. That's what that means. Want to get to know her because there's not a lot to get to know. She did some bad stuff as attorney general of California. Wasn't so much better as district, uh, district attorney of San Francisco. And she's done absolutely nothing as a senator other than have a couple viral moments in uh, congressional hearings with Brett Kavanaugh and some others. Nothing has passed because of Kamala Harris. She has, been, she has not been courageous on anything. She signed on to Bernie Sanders' Medicare for All plan because she saw as how the political winds were moving. And she basically sticks her, sticks her finger in the air and sees where the political winds are going. But this is why they want to meet her, because this is the game, folks. This is the country. The corporate donors, they were happy to fund Biden because he was the vice president and Biden has been loyal to them. He's been loyal to the credit card industry. He's been loyal to the big banks. He's been loyal to the fossil fuel companies. He's been loyal to the big pharmaceutical companies. So they were going to be loyal to him. But then they saw that first debate performance where he looked like he needed a nap, to tell you the truth. And they, then they saw the shiny object across the room. Oh, she's younger. Oh, she sounds populist, but we could control her. And that's how you see all the money surging. But there's, there's, there's a problem that I'm going to get to. Uh, with all that money surging, and that's this. If 58%, and again, this is only this is only the first three months of the year. We'll see what it comes out to in the second three months of the year. Uh, Federal Election Commission deadline for campaigns to submit is July 15th, so this coming week. 58% large individual contributions. What that means, you got a lot of contributors giving you max amounts, max donations. Well, if they're giving you max amount donations, they can't give again. Yeah, they could get, they could give to a super PAC, but she says she's not going to have a super PAC. So basically, as Bernie Sanders' campaign manager, uh, campaign advisor Jeff Weaver said on a press call this week, essentially all the money for Pete for Kamala is front loaded. They're going to have a hard time raising significant amount of cash as the campaign goes on because they're getting it all on the front end through these max donations, and this is why. It's very intellectually dishonest that the corporate media is basically making it like an apples to apples comparison. Oh, Bernie Sanders, he raised $18 million, but he lost, you know, Mayor Pete raised $24 million and Biden raised $21 million. So Bernie's fading. Yeah, he raised $18 million when his average donation is $18. He did not take money from Wall Street executives, fossil fuel executives, big pharma, multi-billion dollar corporate conglomerates. So that $18 million in the context, which corporate media doesn't understand the word context, and deliberately so, they don't want to provide context, compared to Mayor Pete, who's basically bending over for Wall Street fat cats and getting a lot of max donations, Kamala Harris included, Joe Biden definitely, it's apples to apples. Bernie Sanders is outraising them when it comes to actual movement politics actual grassroots politics. Bernie Sanders got a million contributions in the second quarter. That's three months. Pete Buttigieg, I think, got 200, a little over 200,000 individual contributions. I don't, I think Kamala Harris was somewhere around that too. So apples to apples. No, excuse me, apples to oranges. Bernie Sanders is actually building a campaign for the long haul because all those people, many of which are you, can keep donating and keep donating and keep donating. Where Kamala's people, not so much. They're already maxing out their donations. Since CNN won't tell you, oh, there's also there's also the fact that she just did a fundraiser with a former Wells Fargo executive, literally the day after, a day or two after, her little zinger that set the debate pundit world on fire. 
uh, yeah, Kamala Harris is hanging out with a degenerate ex-Wells Fargo banker who was active in defending the bank during their fake accounts scandal. So the former executive, Miguel Bustos, worked from 2013 to 2017 as Wells Fargo's senior vice president of government and community relations, a.k.a. a lobbyist, where he oversaw lobbying and community outreach. Bustos is hosting a fundraiser for Harris on Saturday night in San Francisco, time to coincide with the city's Pride weekend. Minimum donation, 500 bucks, while supporters need to contribute 1,000, and sponsors can get a photo with Harris, need to contribute the federal maximum donation of $2,800. The fundraiser lends ammunition to progressives, many aligned with the rival presidential campaigns of Warren and Sanders. In a statement, Harris spokesperson Ian Sam defended the candidate's record. She literally investigated Wells Fargo as attorney general and won an $8.5 million settlement for Californians. And she's the only major candidate in this race who's actually prosecuted banks for screwing people over. Her record or her record of real action to take on bad corporate actors on behalf of consumers shows exactly who she would fight for as president. Yeah, so she took it to Wells Fargo, but left Steve Mnuchin to become the Treasury Secretary. Because Steve Mnuchin, by any objective measure, should be in jail. And Kamala Harris had the opportunity to put him in jail because he was illegally foreclosing on a whole lot of people in California and around the country. She didn't do anything. She didn't do anything. Maybe it has something to do with the fact that Steve Mnuchin was a big player on Wall Street and Kamala Harris didn't want to offend Wall Street because Kamala Harris has basically known since she became district attorney in San Francisco, attorney general of California, that she was going to, her end game was to run for president. So she knew she, she cannot go against Wall Street and Steve Mnuchin is a initiated member of the Wall Street Fat Cat Society. Kamala Harris is basically insulting people, intelligence, with this ridiculous, I'm for the people. She's not for the people. She's for Wall Street. And it's independent media's job, and frankly, Bernie Sanders' job, and Tulsi Gabbard's job, to point this out. Bernie can't have another debate where he's just standing on stage and basically letting other people have a food fight. If, if he does not take on Kamala Harris and this fraudulent persona of For the People and point out who she's taking money from, point out that she did not go after Steve Mnuchin, point out that she's kind of wished she's basically a, a, a human seesaw on Medicare for All, well, the corporate media is not going to do it for you, Bernie. I can promise you that. Corporate media is not going to do it for you. You're the only one that could point these things out. And this is how you, quote, woke, get people woke by pointing out what you see is a basically marketing branding uh, experiment. Kamala Harris is basically a marketing and branding persona. There's nothing there there. So let's also take a look. We got our top donors so far. Top donor, the financial law firm, Paul Weiss, etc. Then AT&T, which is the owner of CNN. DL, DLA Piper, another, uh, another outfit that had lobbies and uh, represents Wall Street banks. And to be clear, as Open Secret points out, this table lists the top donors to the candidates in the 2020 cycle. The money came from the organization's PACs, their individual members, employees, or owners, and those individuals' immediate families. So technically, it's a mishmash, corporate PAC donations, individuals who work for the company, but I, I tell you, as I always tell you, these donations are not coming from the janitors and the, and the, and the uh, worker bees of these companies. They're coming from the big wigs at the companies. Executives, owners, their spousers, senior management. That's how this works. So, a little bit about Paul Weiss uh, and co, since that's who has donated quite a lot to her. According to the Center for, Campaign, Center for Responsive Politics, which keeps meticulous tabs on political campaign flows, the law, as of this morning, the law firm Paul Weiss, Rick Fund, Wharton, and Garrison, which has represented Citigroup through more than two decades of serial fraud charges, is the number one campaign donor to Kamala Harris. As the center notes, the money is coming from the law, isn't coming from the law firm itself, but from its PACs, their individual members, what I just told you. The campaign ad for at Harris reads like this, Kamala Harris has spent her entire life defending our American values, from fighting to fix our broken criminal justice system to taking on the Wall Street banks for middle-class homeowners, Kamala has always worked for the people. 
I just want to add uh, her taking on taking on fixing the broken criminal justice system. She was against legalizing marijuana years ago. She was against statewide body cameras in California. She was for harsher sentences for nonviolent uh, offenses. I mean, the list goes on going after single mothers for their kids truancy. I mean, this is not somebody who's been a, a, a very a godsend for uh, minorities living in California or the rest of the country. But the media fools people into thinking that she is, because this is what the corporate media does. A little bit more on this firm. But here we are in the early days of the Democratic primary campaign when the big money has not even entered the fray. And Harris already has collected 140475 from the folks at Paul Weiss. Paul Weiss has offices in New York, Wilmington, Washington, D.C., London, Hong Kong, Beijing, Toronto, and Tokyo. Harris hails from California. Why are Paul Weiss lawyers so interested in financing her campaign? As it turns out, they're not interested in that at all. Numerous law partner partners at Paul Weiss are hedging their bets and contributing simultaneously to other Dem presidential candidates. Donations from Paul Weiss also rank number one in the presidential campaign of Cory Booker, number three in the presidential campaign of Kirsten Gillibrand, number six in the presidential campaign of Mayor Pete, and number nine in Amy Klobuchar. See a bit of a pattern between the people that they're giving money to? Do you sense a pattern who this financial law firm that represents Citigroup and other Wall Street banks? Kirsten Gillibrand, oh, has she taken a lot of money from Wall Street? Paul Weiss and Co., being her biggest donor, doesn't exactly scream the, for the people because the name Paul Weiss has become synonymous with getting serial miscreant mega banks on Wall Street off the hook or bargaining down the charges. In May of this year, we reported that the chief judge of the Federal District Court for the Southern, Southern District of New York wrote a decision finding that the U.S. Justice Department had outsourced a criminal investigation to the target of the, of the investigation, Deutsche Bank, <laughs> and Deutsche Bank's outside law firm, Paul Weiss, Rick Fund, Wharton, and Garrison. Major heavy hitters in the Democratic campaign funding frenzy include the chairman of Paul Weiss, Brad Karp. In 2012, in 2012, we reported on Karp's serial representation of Citigroup writing as follows. When London-based private equity firm Terra Firma claimed that it had been lied to and defrauded by Citigroup, making it overpay for the purchase of EMI, a British mu music label, in 2007, Carp and colleagues rung an 8-0 decision from the jury in favor of Citigroup. Carp was also on hand to bankrupt Italian dairy giant Parmalat, charged Citigroup with fraud. Then there were fraud charges connected to Citigroup's involvement in the collapse of WorldCom and Enron, along with the auction rate securities, rig stock research, and understating its exposure to subprime debt by $39 billion. CARP, CARP, and more CARP. The litany of fraud charges against Citigroup, accompanied by the personal get-out-of-jail-free card reliably delivered by Brad CARP, has become so ubiquitous that it raises the obvious question. Is Citigroup the hapless target of a worldwide network of frivolous lawsuit filers, or does Brad Karp have some secret sauce for getting a serial miscreant off the hook? So, you know, I, I could keep going with the donors, and, and I got a few more to tell you, but one thing that's so interesting to me, Kamala Harris is trying to brand herself based on being a prosecutor, a former prosecutor, as I can prosecute the case against Donald Trump the best. How are you going to prosecute the case against Donald Trump, who has, I think, the investigate the Southern District is investigating his real estate company's money laundering, some of it through Deutsche Bank? How are you going to prosecute Donald Trump, prosecute the case, if you're getting money from the same exact uh, law firms that are representing the same exact scammy banks that are helping Donald Trump? How are you going to prosecute the case if... You're, you're saying Donald Trump is giving massive tax cuts to the 1%. You're saying Donald Trump is deregulating. You're saying Donald Trump is a fake populist, but Donald Trump is just going to attack you like he did Hillary Clinton as a, as a shameless puppet for Wall Street. And it's going to play. And by the way, sorry, I know I'm a white guy, so I'm not trying to, you know, uh, speak for African-Americans, but who is disproportionately harmed the most? by all these Wall Street firms, all these law firms that get Citigroup and others out of jail. Who is hurt the most? If you look it up, African Americans were disproportionately screwed in the 2008 global financial crash. 
African-Americans throughout history, if you know your history, have been hurt the most by federal redlining, by racist uh, mortgage practices from these banks, um, from, from Flint to Detroit to Milwaukee to other cities. They purposely created the Federal Housing Authority. Um, this is dating back to the 1940s. Created racist um, policies and standards for how you had to get, what you needed to get a house, a federally insured housing mortgage. And guess what? African Americans and Latinos and minorities were on the outside looking in from banks like the ones Kamala Harris is taking money from. So I'm not criticizing African Americans that like Kamala Harris. What I'm telling African Americans and all voters, white, white, black, glow in the dark, do your homework. These people are lying to you. She's not for that people. Don't look at what she says in a debate, a, a debate zinger, which is partly in Bernie Sanders' fault by not being more proactive and aggressive in that debate. Look at the money. Follow the money. It's the money, Lebowski. He is not. He is, she is not for the people. She is taking money actively and doing lavish fundraisers actively with the very people screwing black people in South Carolina, screwing black people in the southern states, screwing black people in the Midwest, screwing Latinos in the same places. But you're not, corporate media is not going to look into that because they don't give a damn about those people. They give a damn about keeping the status quo. That is why status coup exists. They don't care. They don't care. I also want to point out, not only is she taking money from this firm, we've already gone over, uh, we did a great report a couple weeks ago, AT&T, who owns CNN, has given her $53,000, uh, which they should disclose if CNN was an ethical journalistic outfit, but it's not. Then you have DLA Piper, who's a major financial firm, also major lobbyist. Well, who is DLA? Who is DLA Piper? Dick Armey, one of those Tea Party lunatics and former right-wing congressman, client required the bailout that Army's Freedom Works is now protecting. So this is from Think Progress a few years ago. With the Tea Party, Freedom Work is organizing protests against a federal government run amok with economic bailouts. However, Army's lobbying firm represented three of the financial behemoths that brought the economy to its knees, necess necessitating such a widespread government response in the first place. In just the last year, Army's firm, DLA Piper, has represented AIG, Lehman Brothers, who went out of business, Merrill Lynch. The reason, the reasons for the lobbying listed on these institutions' disclosure forms range from congressional hearings on financial services crises and tax issues to simply policies affecting securities firms. DLA Piper also represented TARP recipient Discover Financial services. Let's look at these inst institutions for a moment. AIG attached a hedge fund to its insurance company and wound up with a 40 billion wound up with 40 billion in credit default swaps that it couldn't honor. It then paid out 165 million in bonuses after being kept alive with 170 billion. Merrill Lynch incurred catastrophic losses on subprime mortgages and was rescued by Bank of America, which needed an infusion of taxpayer money. I could go on and on and on. This is who Kamala Harris is taking money from. And you want to know something? Let's keep it real, folks. If this was, if this is the, if this is 2012, if this is 2012 and this is Mitt Romney, oh my God, the Democratic Party would be screaming bloody murder. Oh, Mitt Romney, he's a vulture capitalist and he's Gordon Gekko reincarnated. Well, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, Kamala Harris, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Cory Booker, uh, Amy Klobuchar, they're doing this, they're taking the same money that Mitt Romney took in 2012. Frankly, they're taking the same money that Barack Obama took in 2008. Just most people were not aware. We're not aware. So how is it, you know, Kamala Harris's campaign puts out this thing. Oh, look at her record. She's taking it to Wells Fargo in California. Please. She let Steve Mnuchin Get out of jail free. He should be in jail right now. And what you are signaling, Kamala Harris, what you are signaling by taking all this money when you say for a debate moment, yeah, I'm going to get rid of private health insurance. 
and then reverse after your donors tell you knock that shit out. The banks that are giving you the money, they don't want you. They're not going to accept getting rid of Medicare for all, uh, getting rid of private health insurance. They're heavily invested in private health insurance, these banks. They're heavily invested in big pharmaceutical companies. They're not just going to say, oh, you know what? You know, you're right. We think we need that government health care. And if you need any more evidence that Kamala Harris is Hillary Clinton reincarnated, some of the donors I just showed you that are giving to Kamala Harris big time. Here's from 2008. Is Clinton's biting is Clinton biting's Wall Street hand? As the Democratic presidential primary drags on, Hillary Rodham Clinton has fired warning shots across Wall Street's bow. In a speech in Indiana last week, Mrs. Clinton reportedly said, why don't we hold these Wall Street money grubbers responsible for their role in the recession? Her normally responsive staff took an entire day to respond to the statement, according to the New York Sun. Senator Clinton's team eventually came back and reported that they actually said Wall Street money brokers, not grubbers. When asked by a reporter to square her statements with the fact many of her contributors come from Wall Street and that her daughter Chelsea works at a hedge fund in New York City, a spokesman, Howard Wolfson, said, our supporters aren't the money grubbers. Oh, so Hillary Clinton supporters were the pious men and women of Wall Street who give to the poor and drink organic milk and don't, uh, are not predatory vultures on black people and poor people and those people who can't read the fine print. Her donors, like Kamala Harris donors, they're not the money grubbers. They're not the immoral ones on Wall Street. They're the good, they're the good corner of Wall Street that does the right thing. You got it? Really? Well, a look at the top 20 Clinton supporters on Open Secrets, a website that traffics, excuse me, tracks political fundraising, reveals that many of the people that work at the investment banks and law firms, which help create much of the subprime mess, fall on that list. Goldman Sachs, Citigroup, Morgan Stanley, J.P. Morgan Chase, and Lehman Brothers are all on the top 10. Further down Clinton's list are two other subprime darlings, Merrill Lynch and Bear Stearns. In all, employees at Wall Street banks contributed more than $2.1 million to the senator's presidential campaign. Filling out the top 20 list are the law firms that helped draft the agreements and contracts that supported some of the poisoned leverage buyouts and subprime loans currently vexing Wall Street. Workers at DLA Piper, Kamala Harris's number three donor, Scadden, Arp, Slate, Meager and Flown, Greenberg, Trarig, Kirkland and Ellis, and Latham and Watkins. I mean, it's all out there, folks. All you have to do is research. All you have to do is research. And let me tell you something right now. If Kamala Harris is the Democratic nominee, if Kamala Harris is a Democratic nominee, all I got to say about that Iceberg right ahead. Iceberg right ahead. She will not win the she will not win the presidency. She will lose. She will lose. Hope you enjoyed that last video. Hop on over to statuscoup.com where you can sign up for our email list and become a member for as low as five to ten dollars a month. Membership is how we grow. That's statuscoup.com slash join. And remember, join our email list so we can grow the revolution with you. You can still play by the rules, but not compromise your principles. You know what I mean? If and that's, black and brown people had to do that for years, having to play by the rules, what's set for them, and then having to step up and be better than the next. That's always been a thing. So just because Elizabeth Warren is going in a not too far left, but not too far centrist Democrat uh, lane, but she's still staying within structures, doesn't mean that she's not going to be for the people. That doesn't mean... Just because her policies won't be as broad as Bernie's doesn't mean that she's not going to be able to still do everything that Bernie wants to do for everyone else. You know what I mean? But in a just different way. You know, I got to tell you the truth. War, uh, somebody like that, to me, is just as painful to watch as a Trump supporter. Because that guy's actually educated. Quasi, I think they're worse. Quasi-educated. Yeah. And that guy was saying so many things that were just words without meaning. So the first thing I had a problem with is him saying um, Warren can work or play by the rules or play the game to get things done. No, 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 no. That game is why nothing gets done. That game is why the things that get done are bipartisan compromises that basically give golden parachutes to banks, fossil fuel companies, big pharma, and nothing to us or crumbs to us. 
So I think he has a fundamental, and I think a lot of people that like Warren who like that she's progressive, but also kind of capitalist and doesn't want to burn the village down. I, I don't think you realize that the only way to get structural radical change, and it's not that radical, single payer is not radical, uh, free college is not radical. All these things have been made radical by the media and the Democratic Party, but they're really not. They're just an extension of the New Deal. But the only way to do that is to fundamentally change the system, to not play by the rules, because the rules are set to rig the system. And I think, I think even though that guy's intelligent, he's naive. He's naive because what if Elizabeth Warren will be more effective in getting stuff done, uh, it will be more effective by way of making deals with corporate Democrats as well as Mitch McConnell to basically water down what she's proposing to basically be Obamacare, you know, a, a, a change for the better. And Obamacare is better than like the SOL go to the emergency room. But Obamacare is still a problem and a big problem for majority of people, including myself, who pay $620 a month right now for health insurance. That's not counting co-pays, deductibles or anything, just to have it. Thank God I have parents that are helping me, not with the whole thing, but a little bit, because I can't afford that and pay rent and groceries and I'm pouring my own money into the business. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about, that Warren will be more effective because she could play by the game. She play the game better. Isn't the game the reason we're in this situation? Isn't the game, I always, I always show the audience this, but the game is why we have this. It's right there. The story of the United Corporations of America, the red line, everything. And Warren got into politics addressing this. And I think some of her policies are very good. But she doesn't have the capital P progressive warrior that Bernie is. And I also don't trust, I, I don't trust her to fight to the deaths like Bernie will. I don't think compromise in itself is terrible. Bernie will have to compromise if he's president sometimes. But what is he willing to compromise? Well, that's the whole issue when it came to the question of Medicare for all the other night during the debate, which was, would you look to eliminate private insurance completely? And Bernie was one, I think, of maybe two or three people that actually acknowledged, yeah, I want to eliminate all private insurance. Now, you would ask yourself, you know, when it comes to a Medicare for all system, what me personally, what I think would be the best way to do it, I think we need a public system with a private option if you want supplemental insurance. To me, that's fine. But if you are pulling from a position of strength, which is, I'm going to break the whole thing in half. Oh, and by the way, I've got over a million people behind me, and before the summer's over, I'll probably have two million people behind me that are going to be fighting for me on the ground as Bernie has, which is really what it's all about. It's about electing a public officials at all levels of government. We're not just talking about the presidency. We're talking about congressional representatives, whether in Florida, whether in New York, whether in Texas. It doesn't matter where you are. You have mayors, you have state house officials, you have state senate officials, and so on. You know, you're going to need that fight, that uprising that's going to happen in order to make this a reality. And so ultimately it comes down to what is going to happen when you have a position of strength like Bernie would have saying, I'm taking all of this away. I already think that the corporate infrastructure, the establishment, if you will, is so petrified of how powerful Bernie really is, even though they're not talking about it on mainstream media, that they are already committed to getting in bed with Elizabeth Warren. Miss, I am going to put regulations on Wall Street if I get into the White House. They are already giving that up to as long as it's not Bernie. If Bernie gets in, his position of strength will be so great that they will have almost no choice but to compromise on a public health care system with a private option. If you try to negotiate from a public system with a private option right out of the gate, you're going to get maybe a public option if you're lucky. And from people that I've spoken to within the healthcare industry that know this backwards and forwards, they will tell you we are past the point of no return on a public option. It's not going to happen. At this point, we're either Medicare for all or bust. So if we're going to get there, rather than what we're stuck with, and we all know that regardless of who's in the White House, as you would allude to, when you have a Republican-controlled government, you basically are just getting the quick shot in the head. Whereas with the uh, Democratic control, you're looking at death by a thousand paper cuts. Either way, it's not a winning combination. So if we're going to get there, we have to recognize that the greatest appeal of Bernie Sanders, bar none, is that he's not bought. After that, you can discuss semantics all you want. 
But when it comes to what I support politically, it could be a lot different than what maybe you might subscribe to. And that could be on immigration, could be the environment, it could be education, it could be a lot of different things. But the one thing we all have to universally agree on is that if we don't elect people who are not bought and paid for by corporate special interests, nothing gets done. End of discussion. When are you uh, launching your YouTube channel? <laughs> Fantastic. I'm just, I'm just preaching off of him. He's, he's good people. Well, the other thing that I thought was super naive of him, first of all, when he says Elizabeth Warren isn't known to the country, that's just not true. Elizabeth Warren is known. Um, she's been a senator since 2012. She has more name recognition than Kamala Harris. She was considered in 2016 for vice president. She's fairly known. Uh, so I don't think that's true. The bottom line is, what I also think this gentleman was naive about is he says, well, you know, if Mitch McConnell isn't doing what she wants, she could go to the people and say, oh, they won't do anything. I need you. That's not how that works. She, she can't just, as president, be like, you know, they're not playing nice. Could you come and talk to them? Bernie Sanders, it, you have to have the movement and the people right there with you from the start. And this is what he's been building basically since 2015. Those million volunteers, that email list. Remember, Barack Obama, when he became president, had this. He had uh, organized... Supermajority with a filibuster-proof Senate. Right, but he also had Organizing for America. Mm -hmm. uh, Barack Obama's did th campaign did things digitally that no one had ever done since then. He had an army of volunteers ready to go. And they were disappointed that he basically became president and never actually utilized his... Uh, huge army of voters to do anything. And, and, and if I can interject, the other thing, and this is, this is great that people in the chat are bringing up right now, which is very true, which is, would I vote, the, the only candidate that I would make the exception for uh, of the candidates that are in the field who are not true progressives that really are not bought and paid for by special interests, Elizabeth Warren is the only one I would make the exception for. But with that said, Warren has no chance whatsoever of beating Donald Trump. And there are many reasons for that not the least of which is that she completely destroyed any chance she had of becoming president by giving in to Trump on the issue of her Native American heritage. He will use that for all it's worth, and guess what? It lands because the Native American community is incensed at how she used that to her political advantage. Now, aside from that, as a person, yes, I think she definitely, when it comes to the issue of Wall Street, yes, I think Warren would be a lot better. But you have to ask yourself, if there is one truly, you know, look, there's a lot of issues we have with President Trump, but there is one thing he has not done as president, and that is he hasn't started a new war. And that doesn't mean he's not going to, but at this point he hasn't, and that's at well, least, you know, we can... We it can doesn't get any coverage, but he's also doubled Obama's drone war. Of course. But anyway. Of course. And so what you have to ask yourself is, if Elizabeth Warren was president, do you really believe that she's going to be pulling our troops out of Afghanistan, Iraq, Libya, Syria, and so on? I don't think so. I mean, as far as I can tell, the only two candidates who have been very definitive about that are Bernie Sanders and Tulsi Gabbard, and especially Tulsi. Not to, not to mention she voted for the $715 billion defense budget. I don't know how she's going to be able to walk that back. There are a lot of issues that we can talk about that I think Warren would be better on. Like I said, most notably, I think she is, she is probably the only other candidate besides Bernie who I think might push for a Wall Street um, transaction tax. She might do that. But I don't know if she'll do that. I, I don't know. I'm not confident enough in saying definitively she would do that. Do I think it's something she'd look at? Yeah, probably. But that doesn't mean she's the type of person who's going to fight diligently for what we need right now. This country is hurting, it is desperate, and it is not going to settle. <laughs> is Pete a movie star? Oh, thanks. That's very flattering. Um, by the way, first of all, I'm not telling you who to vote for. You vote for whoever the fuck you want to vote for or not vote for. You've got to get demonetized. For. I'm already demonetized. Uh, I'm telling you personally for me, because I always tell you the truth, I don't think Warren is Hillary Clinton. Not even close. I agree. And I don't think we should be so extreme black and white. She would be considerably better than any president we've had in a while economically. Uh, but also, I think this gentleman that he's talking about, um, one thing this guy, this guy is naive about too is... Part of the reason Wall Street is okay with Warren, and we've seen stories in Politico that bring this up, the, the establishment is, is willing to compromise on Warren. They know that Warren is not going to go to war with the Democratic corporate establishment. 
So if Warren is president, you got to assume Democrats keep the House with Pelosi in there, and we're going to get to Pelosi and her ridiculous comments on uh, AOC. But you also have to assume uh, either they're going to win back the Senate or it's going to be very close. So you think Warren is pre- – Bernie is going to have to fight the corporate Democratic establishment who's going to be kicking and screaming if he becomes president just as much as Mitch McConnell because – Bernie said it once, and he should say it more, they would rather go down on the Titanic as long as they are first class. So a Democratic president that actually is trying to propose Medicare for all, um, free college tuition, a a Green New Deal, and I think we need a much more bold policy than even AOC has proposed. I'm not down with this public-private bullshit. You can't trust the public, excuse me, the private business community to do the urgent change we need uh, Miami might have seven to ten years before some of it is underwater. So the bottom line is uh, they know that Elizabeth Warren as president is not going to go to war with Nancy Pelosi or Chuck Schumer if he became the Senate majority leader and is going to play nice. Whereas Bernie Sanders has said, I think Bernie has turned off some of you and me by playing nice with Chuck Schumer. Uh, he co-sponsored a bill with Chuck Schumer by doing this ridiculous unity tour with Lead With Your Values, Tom Perez. Well, you don't want to lead with your values. Right. You have to and, do that if you want to win. And he's been playing nice with them, but that's, to me, to, to get the nomination. I think he's naive because they're going to stab him in the back anyway. They're already trying to screw him. However, I think that Bernie Sanders, as president, would go to bat just as strongly against the corporate Democrats trying to block Medicare for all, Green New Deal, uh, free public college tuition, ending private prisons, and we could go down the list of progressive priorities. I don't know if Elizabeth Warren would do that. Thank you, Dominique. Caravella, $5 uh, in the super chat. My man, Dominic. Oh, you know Dominic. Yes, I certainly do. So, uh, also, oh, we just thank Kit. So, I think that's why Wall Street is okay with her. Also, there's a difference between talking. Well, Elizabeth Warren is great at talking. She hasn't gotten anything done as a senator. There's no Wall Street regula- regulation pushed by Elizabeth Warren. So Bernie Sanders, as a not as not in the majority, got the first execution of the War Powers Act in American history done recently. He pushed Jeff Bezos, the world's richest man and a corrupt weasel, to raise the minimum wage. What has Warren done as a senator in the minor, in the majority or the minority? So this guy talking about get more things done and executed, you know, Marcus is new. So, he, you know, he doesn't have all that kind of right in his head, but I would have challenged him, well, how is Elizabeth Warren more practical when Bernie, the Amendment King, the War Powers Act, Amazon, Disney, uh, I just think people like that, they're not as they're not as bigoted as Trump people, but they're just as misguided because they are actually educated. And I think basically he looks at Bernie first Warren and a lot of people for Warren say she's just as progressive, but more practical. No. If you go down the list, by the way, this isn't covered in the media because like Kamala Harris, Warren has been helped with the branding. I have a plan. A lot of her plans already existed. Bernie's been calling for a wealth tax for 20 years. Okay, Uh, a lot of the things she wants are Bernie's plans or other people's plans that propose them. And she she adds like three more lines to it. So I'm not saying she's awful. I'm just saying there is no practical way. Elizabeth Warren has shown you in 2015. WikiLeaks showed. She was basically angling to meet, to talk and meet with Clinton's people in 2015 to make a deal with them, probably to angle for a cabinet position or something like that. She's a deal maker. She's not a progressive gladiator. Not only is she not a progressive gladiator. Thank you, Biscus. Two bucks. Thank you, Biscus. And so we have to ask ourselves, you know, when, when everyone gets angry at, let's say, progressives who say that they're deliberately trying to stack the deck against Bernie so that you know, he can't win the primary. Well, so to that end, I say, you know, right now, if you think any of these potential progressive initiatives are ever going to get implemented, who is really out in the field right now who's running for office, whether it be for Congress, governorship, even the Senate, that would be in a position to potentially get some of these policies passed? Best example right now is probably Beto O'Rourke, who should be running for either the U.S. Congress or even the Senate, and I love uh, Sam Hernandez. Better O'Rourke should be running for a bartender of the year. I just want him to stand on bars, wave his hands, and say nothing. By the way, and if anybody watched the Democratic debates, and this is just being completely objective, if anyone saw how O'Rourke completely gaffed 
and had no concept whatsoever of what it meant to look like a leader, act like a leader, and ultimately instill confidence in people that that person could be a leader. Ben O'Rourke was the one person that I can say who was on that stage during the debates who, as soon as it was over, should have dropped out of the race because it's not going to get better for him. I mean, I could talk about Joe Biden, too. We could talk about Joe Biden. The problem is that Biden ain't going anywhere right now because he's still got a lot of money to spend. I don't know what O'Rourke's got, but the point is they don't just give it up. Now, does that mean they would potentially go and run for another office? What is Mayor de Blasio doing running for president? What is Eric Swalwell doing running for president? Pass the torch. What is Seth Moulton doing running for president? Moulton lava cake. What is Michael Bennett doing running for president? And the creme a la creme, what is Hickenlooper, the breakfast cereal, doing running for president? The reality is, you're, and uh, oh, wait, oh, uh, Delaney, um, Rob Delaney, is that, what's John Delaney. John Delaney. John Delaney. Okay, he, first of all, John Delaney is a Republican who's running in the Democratic presidential primary. Uh, the reality is they want to do everything they can to prevent the progressive takeover. That's all that matters to them. They have absolutely no concern whatsoever. And you could say this to anybody out there who is not watching this right now or is questioning you know, why the polls are being done a certain way, why certain coverage is not being done. Hell, that, that show, uh, the cartoon president that's on YouTube, they had a clip the other day where they were doing a spoof on the presidential debates and they regarded Tulsi as a Russian plant. So it, it just goes to show you that they're doing everything they can to stop what we're trying to do here, which is really at least make life somewhat livable here in the United States for everybody. And so by not allowing at least a fair fight, because let's be fair, who is running for president right now that honestly has a chance of making it to the general election and putting up a fight? There's Bernie Sanders, and yes, I believe Tulsi Gabbard would be one. Then, of course, you have Kamala Harris, and if you want to throw in Elizabeth Warren, I can, but that's it right there. Nobody else that is attempting to run for president has any chance whatsoever. So the idea that there are another 20 people, with people who are running for president, yeah, the boat, exactly. The fact that there are 20 people running for president right now who, if they actually cared about the future of this country, could get some name recognition through the first couple of debates and then immediately jump into a lower seated race, whether it's a congressional seat, whether it's even a governor's race or a Senate race, and they would have at least a puncher's chance of winning. But they're not going to do that because the truth is it's not about what's in the best interest of us. It's in the best interest of the people that still control this country. However much longer, I don't know. But we're in a situation right now where we have to be realistic about what we're going to be able to accomplish if we don't start calling out the people who clearly are not concerned about whether or not Donald Trump gets reelected. Because let's be honest, guys, Donald Trump is great for business. It is great for the Democratic establishment to point the finger at the boogeyman and say he's the reason why this country is so screwed up, when in reality he has very little to do with it. It's the system that has brought us to the point that Trump is now in our is now in charge. And at this moment in time right now, I would say he's going to get reelected. So we have to do what we have to do in order to continue to spread the message about why is it that we support Bernie? Why is it that we support Tulsi? First and foremost, for me anyway, it's that they're not bought and paid for by corporate special interests. And I can't hammer that. I cannot hammer that point home hard enough.